Welcome to the School of Humanity podcast. You are made in the image and likeness of God. Not only does God long for you, but you are like Him. What does this mean for you? How does it affect your view of God? How does it affect your view of yourself? How does that affect everything? This This is is the School School of Humanity. Humanity. Hello and welcome to the School of Humanity. This is Rachel Bullman and Jason. Hello. Hello. And this is episode 39. That's a lot of, that's a lot of episodes. It's hard to believe we're doing this. (laughs) Um, We have somebody here today. And I think actually the correct way to say that is that we are with someone today because we're not <laughs> we're not like in our living room like we normally are at eleven o'clock at night. At eleven o'clock at night, yeah. So so Catherine Laguna. Hi everybody. How's it going? Yes. Yeah, so Catherine is responsible for making sure that all of our stuff gets posted, and um, yeah, yes. she's pretty great. She is the manager of the streaming communications for the Diocese of Orlando, and we we text a lot. <laughs> Yes, we do. Yeah, so we text a lot about lots and lots of things. So one night we were texting, and um, I said, because we we watch all the same shows. I know. Isn't it incredible? Right. I mean, I'm just so shocked that we watch, you know, six or seven of the similar shows. Yeah. (laughs) Was I supposed to say the number? Is that bad? No, no. She meant one or two. I think she meant one or two. Um, We also have our children here. So if you, like you hear that right now, that's, that's my daughter. Anyway, so um, we do have our children here as well. So if you hear a little noise in the background, it's probably Catherine, but she's going to say that it was probably the kids. Um, (laughs) um, So we are we were talking one night about how we liked all the same shows. Mm -hmm. And I said, hey, we should do a crossover, a crossover episode. Wow. I mean, no. it completely reminded me of all the CW shows, The yeah. Flash, The Arrow. They always love doing crossovers. So, I mean, yes. why not follow the same theme? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so, you know, they might show probably not. Did Ugh. we not did we not reach out to them? Oh. <laughs> they wanted to be yeah, on our crossover episode. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure they have some catholicity in them. Everyone does. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the other day on the episode of Flash, um Detective Joe, he was actually saying, "Oh, I went to mass the other day." They actually said the word mass. Wow. And he actually said the priest in his homily said, and it was talking about um, finding finding a purpose in life, even though when bad things happen. Whoa! I mean, the word mass and homily were there. That never happens. That is incredible. He could have been in our um, the episode about you know going with the flow. Ooh. And how bad things happen. Yeah. Maybe that's True. really where that, that, I'm sure that that is probably how <laughs> that was the, inspiration. the writers wrote it, was that they <laughs> wa- they listened to our podcast. Well, so thank you, CW. <laughs> Crisis everywhere. Right, it's true. Um, but the thing that we talked about was that we really wanted to talk about music. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people, some of our close friends know that Jason and I are pretty involved with music. Like at church, I do the, uh, I am the co-coordinator for our music at Resurrection in Lakeland. And um, we also love being able to do music together. So about eight years ago, we helped to start a ministry, um, Upper Room Adoration. And um, Jason plays the guitar and also sings, and I sing. And so there's a just a team of us that get together and we do like holy hours. And where there's a little bit of contemporary music, but there's also silence and guided meditations. And it's just kind of become something that's really awesome. Right. And I don't think there's a time that we walk away from that where we 
aren't just blown away the fact that the Lord paired us together. Um, I mean, the perfect match. Right. I mean, you guys are so beautiful together. And I know it's not only about looks, but I mean, like, your spirituality matches so well between the two of you guys. And then musicians at the same time, I mean, can it get any better? (laughs) (laughs) And Catherine's going to make us cry. It's too um... early for that. We try to wait until after 11 a.m. Before, oh, it's (laughs) 11.07. But we do, we walk away and we're like, gosh, you know, how amazing is it that the Lord did a bunch of different things about pairing us together. But that is definitely one of those that that Jason um, plays so well. And then, you know, for us to sing together. It's pretty great. Oh, I think so. that's good. Did you start playing the guitar from an early age? Yeah, I actually started when I was, I think, 15. Wow. And um, it's funny how the Lord works because, you know, initially I'm like into all this rock music. <laughs> and uh, little did I know that that was a very subtle plan of the Lord, I think. Listen, <laughs> listen when Jason and I first met, he used to go out with some friends to this place called The Warehouse. Apparently it was an actual warehouse, Um, but they played like heavy metal music and he wouldn't invite me out there because he was worried that I wouldn't like it or I would, it would scare me. So. Was it that heavy? It was pretty heavy. Um, I mean, it wasn't. And look at him. Do you look at him and go, wow, total, total heavy metal rock for that guy. I'm sorry, but you don't have the long hair. Yeah, I know. I know. It just didn't work. But He did uh, have longer hair. I did back then. Right, right, right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, you know. But so, so then it was probably what, like probably three years uh, into our marriage that you decided to pick up the, the acoustic guitar. Yeah. Well, and I, I want to say that it was adoration that kind of was the inspiration you, right? yeah, wow. for us to do it. And uh, I remember being extremely nervous about that. Um, we had a seminarian, you know, kind of introduce us to this idea of like a, <laughs> a guided holy hour. Right. Uh, you know. And um, he led the first one, and I remember thinking, "Wow, this is." And that guy was super. He was super orthodox, and it was like um, contemporary music. And I remember both of us being kind of shocked. Jason, because he was very orthodox and wasn't used to that, and me being contemporary and trying to make to kind of make my way into orthodoxy. So it was, it was, uh, it was kind of a big shock. But now we kind of meet in the middle, and people love it. So wow, and it's a really beautiful way to introduce people into adoration. Yeah, one one term that we used to use all the time, if you remember, is that pregnant silence that yes. we would foster for people in adoration, where you know you would you would do a a very intimate kind of um, I don't like the word solemn, but but I don't know prayerful type of song, you know, mm-hmm. and then you know it sort of it has its crescendos and decrescendos, and then, then it you know, ends, and, and everybody's ends just and like, whoa, yeah, like and no so, one even says anything, yeah. And I think that is kind of the essence of what we were trying to drive at with this particular um, episode or podcast. So there's this quote, and isn't it from a saint, the quote about what the two things that are not present in hell? It's at the very beginning of that that chapter. Um, Oh, no, it's from C.S. Lewis, isn't it? Oh, yes, that's right. So there is a quote from C.S. Lewis. I'm going to tell you what it is, Catherine, and I want to hear your thoughts on it. Um, The quote says... In hell, there are two things. There are two things that will not be present in hell. They are music and silence. What do you think about that? Whoa! <laughs> we should have prepped you for the fact that I was going to ask know, you that, right? Yeah, exactly, Abigail. Well, I was thinking that music wouldn't be there because 
you're supposed to be in torture maybe all the time and there's no silence because then there's no peace and i feel like you can find peace in silence oh yeah 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 very true and I think that really good music eventually leads you into silence, you know, mm, yes. leads you into this meditative state of being like, what was that? You know, mm-hmm. um, and I was telling Jason, too, that I don't know. Have you ever, do you watch The Voice? You know yes. That show? Yes. Um, do, do you know that show? Like, no know one knows show? that show. <laughs> <laughs> ever seen that? Um, I mean, I do get that a lot when I ask people about different shows they might not know. Right. So it's true. So thank I'll you. I'll give you the benefit of that. Um, <laughs> so. In the voice, you know, a lot of times there, I've watched it to where there are, there are artists that are singing and you just are sitting there in total awe. You know, there are some artists that when you watch them, you have no choice but to sing along, right. either because you know the song so well, or you just feel compelled to sing with them, yeah. you know? Right. Uh, maybe they just invite you in so much that you, you want to sing with them. Um, and then there are times when it is... It's so awesome that you just can't help but sit there and be in awe, you know, where your mouth is just open. But also with the voice, you know, just the fact that they also tell them to tell a story. Mm-hmm. Have you ever seen like the feedback from the coaches uh, like Miley Cyrus? And I was listening to her last night um, and from one of the episodes where she was saying, you know, just make sure that you're telling a story. You can't be like on high gear the whole time. You have to be able to shift and start low so you can go high. Mm-hmm. Um, and but you were saying that there was something that you I love absolutely about the voice. love about the voice is different from other singing shows is that they start with their backs turned to them. So it's sort right. of where they're they have to be compelled by your voice to say yes, I want to be your coach. Right. And I think that's something about what music speaks to us. It's you know, you might like a particular band and Jason might like a particular band, but there's differences in there and then there's a reason behind it. It might draw you in because of a story that they're telling or an experience that you've gone through. Right. Right. And go ahead, Love. Well, I mean, that just speaks to kind of the um, the fact that, you know, as in human beings in their essence are dynamic. We're not static, yes. right? So, I mean, we're always... Um, on, journeying uh, towards, journeying something. towards something we're never like the same you know all the yeah, time so think, music can't mm-hmm. be you know that's why they you know in order for a performance to be moving it should be dynamic right because because uh you're expressing your soul uh, right when through music yeah so, so what are some of the well, the other thing that i'm sure that everybody's heard in our podcast is that we always talk about movies and right. and shows and stuff and pop culture right like, am i involved in pop culture if i have four children does it work that way i <laughs> would guess that you're behind i'm probably behind for the first time in yeah we were in a we, life Gemma was in a halloween parade not so long ago and they were playing like pop music and i didn't know a lot of the songs i didn't know a single one yeah we were both just sitting there like that sounds nice never heard that song before <laughs> Um, so, but we talked about movies and things that move us and, um, we were saying that one of the movies that definitely move us is Moana. Yep. We've talked about that before. Yeah. Um, what about you, Catherine? Music Um, that moves you from movies. I really enjoy Star Wars. I mean, just, you just know when the villain's coming because of Darth Vader's like introduction music. That's just something that's just so 
oh, you want to like run away kind of thing. <laughs> oh my gosh. I think uh, special effects have a lot to do with music too. I mean, this you everybody automatically knows, well, if they're Star Wars fans, the sound of the lightsabers. Right. That's like a given, you know? Right. Yes. You know, our kids have toothbrushes that make that sound. Really? Yeah. It oh, makes, no. it's make, makes brushing your teeth like a lot of fun. Yeah. I think I would steal it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, that's like not can, I u- can I use your toothbrush or <laughs> like, we don't know you, um, but we were saying too the, um, and also that was the first song she ever learned was the Imperial March. Wow. Right. So I'm not sure what that says about her. Um, I think you're <laughs> the great state parents. of her soul. <laughs> <laughs> she actually sang it one time uh, right after the consecration, after everyone had received during, during daily mass, which right. is really super quiet. And you have everyone that's not as understanding as people at the weekend mass. <laughs> so it's daily mass. She's It's super quiet. And I hear Gemma in the background. And she just goes, dun, dun, dun. And dun, just starts dun, singing dun. the whole thing, like, at the top of her lungs. And I couldn't stop her. She was, like, two years old. I'm like, Gemma, please. Please just Yeah, stop. that was, like, the most misplaced yeah. song. Yeah, she that you was, could have thought of, right? Yeah, it's like wow, and I, and then you could see people still trying to concentrate. Sorry about that. That's Abigail. She's she's trying to learn it as well, but you could see people trying to concentrate and like pray, and that just wasn't happening. You know, right. they're just you know laughing. I mean, I think I would have joined in. Right. Right. Some kind you of weird conversion of soul. Yeah. <laughs> so we do say that she has a little bit of a Sith side to her that people aren't aware of, um, but. What were you going to say there, love? So a lot of this stuff comes from, that we've been talking about, comes from a collection of writings from Joseph Pieper in a book that is called... Uh, Only the Lover Sings, Art and Contemplation. So, you know, in this, he's a philosopher, you know, so he he wants to talk about the philosophical and theological and metaphysical nature of music and so he poses the question of what indeed do we perceive when we hear Mm. music and he you know he said if you just heard the sounds of the instruments that doesn't constitute music right Mm. um and if you took the words outside of the context of the music like the lyrics and you just read them it wouldn't have the impact on you that it does right right Right. Mm -hmm. so i mean it's more than just mere words it's more than mere instruments um so he goes on to say he he makes the assertion that um music is in fact like uh an extension of our hearts or an extension of our soul that goes beyond what we could say with words um so and you know pope john um, excuse me pope benedict the 16th says that music is the fruit of either an encounter with love right and a a feeling of sadness Sadness. or an encounter with the divine but all of this what's so beautiful to me about all this is that it it speaks about our our end being god himself and that we are always journeying towards the good. So our reaction is either love because we receive love from, you know, when we, when we come to see the goodness of this world, of people around us, of God, especially, um, then we rejoice in song and that, and that 
joyful song is beyond anything that you could say to express. Right. Um, I still remember the first time we met and you sang that song to me in the... I'm just kidding. <laughs> I was going to say. Like, wow, you're already sing- singing like, right in the beginning? <laughs> Very smoky bar, and Jason's like, I found you. I'm just kidding. <laughs> you guys should do a musical. <laughs> when do you guys release that album? Right, right. That's We're waiting. We're waiting on that. Um. <laughs> Ready for Sun. Waiting for Sun Records to like, right. sign you guys. <laughs> And even the encounter with sadness that you were saying right. that, that I think that those the truth of that statement also goes to the fact that I'm sure Catherine never did this, mm. but like when you're sad and you listen to super sad songs Ugh, all the time, right? Not the saying I'm sad all the time, right? But it, no. it just goes with the mood, you know. It does. Yes. Um, like when I was in middle school or high school and got my heart broken by some boy who didn't know that he even broke my heart, <laughs> and I listened to Aww. like some song on repeat. Mm-hmm. And I have two older brothers, so I remember them being like, please, just stop. I really don't want to hear that song again. That's enough. Um, I mean, wasn't that like a lot of NSYNC and Backstreet Boys then? It was. It was. And some 98 Degrees, you know yes. what I'm saying? I'm so happy you know them, too, because, wow, so many people never bring yes, them up. Yes, you know? They Boys were to too. men. They were there. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Jason's not liking any of this. <laughs> Like Jason, has re- Jason has Ooh. released me to go. I, I went to the tour last year when they were all, or a couple of years ago, when they were all together yeah. at oh. the Amway Center. So it was good times. Good. But Jason listened, I'm sure, to some boy band action I mean, back in the day. Yeah. Yeah. Is he more insane or more Backstreet Boys? Hmm. Oh, yeah. That's. Um... I, I don't even I couldn't even pick out which I one just was can't. which. If you played a song, I'd be like, I, I don't know. <laughs> no, he is a JT fan. He's a big Justin Timberlake yeah, fan. That's yeah, good. Justin Timberlake's great. So, um, and I'm sure he would say the same thing that all of these things have to do with an encounter with even the songs that right. you hear. Um, not just the the beautiful stuff that we hear in mass <clears> from right. chant to the hymns to even contemporary worship that happens sometimes in some of the contemporary masses, but also in contemporary music and, you know, um, mainstream music. You oh, yeah. hear this all the time. Yeah. This song was written because I am, there's something in me that was sad. Yes. You know, right. um, Taylor Swift, like half of her songs right. are from maybe 98% of her songs came from a place of angst and sadness. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and then, you know, something that in, the encounter of love, you know, and then I love the last one, you know, an encounter with the divine. Right. Um, what I have in my mind as far as like a vision for this is just that we're pilgrims, like on our journey towards right. God, who is our end, you know? Um, and so even if the song is sad, it's not it's not a mourning that's without hope, actually. Right. Do you know what I mean? As St. Right. Paul says, is you know, we don't mourn as if. We're not without hope. Um, it's always um, we know that this is not right. Like what we're encountering in this life is hard and unfulfilling and difficult. And the soul can't help but express this desire for the ultimate good, for perfect happiness, you know. Um, I think it also plays out what you're saying in the, in the liturgy of the Mass. Oh, yeah. Yeah, like the Toda in the very beginning when you hear the Kyrie, which is usually saying, um, 
Sang? Sung? I was thinking about that. I was like, I probably would have said what you said, but I think it's sung. Yeah, sung. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. This is why we text people. Um, and, uh, so where it is sung, and then right after that, it leads into the Gloria. Right. But it brings you to this place of desperation, and then to this place of hope and resurrection um, that happens in every Mass. Right. Well, even the Psalms are formulated that way most of the time, you know? I mean, you have this... Um, psalms that are particularly like mournful or sorrowful that we can relate to and then psalms that are you know just overjoyed but even just reading the words of the psalms can't express what they can in music do you know right. when you put those exactly. lyrics to song well i mean david was a was a harpist right yeah so right. i'm sure that when he wrote a lot of the psalms I mean, they're it hymns, just come really. from silence right right but a lot of times it comes from the contemplation that happens in silence. A lot of these songs are birthed. Right. And I think that, that, um, that this music that we're talking about ultimately leads to silence because I think it leads you to, to a face-to-face encounter with God. And that encounter ultimately is silent, right? So music is this is the humans, um, are the creatures, like, expression of that which is beyond words towards a God who is infinite. Uh, and, and in that means of communion with God, really, um, there's this silence that will necessarily um, happen, even when you're singing. And, and Joseph Pieper makes that point. Um, when he says that there's no music in hell um, and no silence, he does not—he doesn't mean the type of silence that Saint Teresa is, ta- is talking about in contemplation. You know, that deep silence where you're encountering God. He means like a deafening absence of right. God. You know, like a. Um, oh, that's so good. You know, yeah. So there's a difference there, and there's no music because it's just noise. Um, and he talks about how, you know, we have so many distractions in this life, uh, in, in our everyday life. You know, we, we, try to, we try to fill the void with a bunch of noise, really. Um, and a lot of times when, when we actually get an opportunity to be silent, we are so, it's so uh, foreign to us, we don't know how to deal with it. But ultimately, it's more suiting right. to the human condition to to have more silence in your life where you can contemplate God and um, commune with him properly, receiving rather than um, than giving, so to say, or rather than speaking so much. Um, right. And I'll be the prime example because, honestly, I don't really like silence. I mean, when I go to sleep at night, I love listening to the background noise of the TV on. I put the timer on. Right. That's the only way I can fall asleep. Right. So it's something that I'm trying to learn to understand that silence isn't this emptiness. It could be this moment where I'm kind of going meditating over my day, see how things went, kind of talking to God, seeing how he has affected my life, how I've affected others in my day-to-day life, especially working at the radio all the time. I'm always, or at the diocese, I'm always, you know, trying to make sure that I do good work, especially God's work. So silence should be you know, maybe in the future, should be a place where I can feel at peace in it. Right. Although I just, you know, sometimes have a little bit of trouble being in that silence. Right. Right. 
that's what we that's what we hope for when by doing what we do in adoration really is you know make it comfortable yeah there's a lot of people Mm -hmm. that might go to adoration and it's it's quiet you know and you have this profound reality that christ is standing in front of you and you might just you might start (laughs) to feel like a little guilty or something because you know you're like wow okay christ is literally here and i cannot shut my mind i can't acknowledge that reality (laughs) so music because it's so intrinsic to our very essence right is is something that is a means by which you can draw people into that proper silence where you acknowledge him you know what i mean and that's why there's music in mass i mean plain and simple you know it it's an existential experience music is Um, right and even 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 music that is let's say vulgar or um you know has sounds in it that naturally kind of drive anger or whatever it's still you still feel that Mm -hmm. do you know what i mean Mm -hmm. and that's just all the more evidence that it's existential um and Joseph Pieper makes the assertion, like we've talked about in other podcasts, that even when you are making music that is maybe directed towards something negative, it's because... You desire something positive. Yeah, it's a perceived good. good. Right. It's a perceived good. So, like, you know, I don't know. Even, like, obviously there's tons of music about sex. Right. So, but they do that because they desire communion right. with another person. Sex is not evil. Right. 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 Um, you know, it might be a perversion of that. Right. Um, but nevertheless... It's just when you look at it from a bird's eye view, it's beautiful to see how um, all of this expression um, that we do through music um, can't help but give evidence to the fact that we are made for the good, you know, like the good being God. Um, Right. And that all that we go through in life speaks to the fact that we are good in our essence because... We know that evil's wrong, and so we express sadness or anger through music. Um, we know goodness is right whenever we're in Mass, for example, and a beautiful hymn sets our heart on fire, and the reality of God and of the incarnate Christ and the Eucharist really become clear to us and hopefully bleed into a silence that we become used to and then can carry on throughout the rest of your day where now all of a sudden you are in right you're in solitude all the time with the lord and that reality of god always is always present to you and um and that is the more human mode of existing um but we're this our society is so busy and so noisy and so distracting that we've lost touch with that um right uh, so tell me of this um has happened to you guys, but the other day I went to multiple masses at my parish and, you know, like Catholic parishes, everything's pretty much the same, you know, the same music, things like that. But from one mass to the other, even though they're playing the same song, there has like a little bit of a different tune to it. Oh, yeah. And I think that speaks really nicely about maybe like the cultures and seeing the differences between, well, this mass, I'm going to be using the guitar and then the other mass, I'm going to be using like the bells or the Spanish music instruments and things like that. So I think that's something that's very beautiful, especially about America, where you can experience different cultures and their side of music and their perspective of it. Um, do you guys have any of that going on at your parish? Oh, yeah. You definitely hear. Um, well, we have 
most of our masses are the traditional uh, traditional in the sense of the, the it's always with hymns um but we do have a contemporary mass and i've actually heard people say you know like we love that song we know that it's a hymn but the way that it's done at the contemporary mass is just different yeah they can't even you can't even like put your hand on why it's different um or the other thing that I was thinking about this morning on the way here is that a song that is sung, and you guys tell me about this, a song that is sung by adults, like in an adult choir, but then you take the same song and you allow children to sing it, oh. but it could be the same exact melody, same, everything is the same, right? except for the fact that it is the voice of children. Right. And it is breathtaking. <clears throat> it is. It really is. They're both, they both are, you know, right. both the adult and the children. He speaks to this. I'm really glad you brought this up because this is this is a point that I, I was hoping we would come to, which is um, he says music is never some impersonal abstract energy. Mm. It is performed by musicians with all their distinctive individualities. Uh, consequently, a thousand different musical expressions of that inner dynamism can appear. Um, so to kind of build on that um i think this is just personal opinion that it's probably wrong but go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> well you're gonna regret saying that <laughs> you are gonna regret it um i think honestly rachel that people say there's something different about the 5 p.m mass because the person who is delivering that music um Careful is <laughs> sitting in this room and no, um, is truly opening herself her soul up to the music, and you sort of truly um, are you know quote feeling what the music you know the um, author of the music or the composer uh, was trying to express maybe or you may have taken that and you have made it your own. You know, so I think that they, okay, so my, to build on that, I think there are maybe objectively more beautiful songs than others. Like, there is an objective nature to beauty. Right, okay. But there's also subjective, okay. Um, you know, they say the beauty in, is in the eye of the beholder, that kind of thing. Right. Um, well, beauty is never impersonal either, so um, there's that, but... Um, I think that a, let's say a less objectively beautiful song can be sung and expressed more authentically and therefore more, have more impact than let's say an objectively beautiful song by someone who puts no heart into it. Do you know what I mean? Because ultimately it's like this expression of the soul that you are hearing and feeling and that kind of consumes your being. You don't even know how... That is, you know, that's why, you know, even when you're a child, you just get music is universal language. You know, even as a kid, you understand um, that music is is something just, I don't know, uh, uh, existential Mm -hmm. is part of um, your very essence, you know, it can weave into your into your soul that way. So I think that. 
I remember my dad when I was little. My dad loves to sing. Um, my and he's my adoptive father, so we, didn't, we look nothing alike. But he loves to sing, so we always he would always tell people that his daughter got it from him, like it was in my blood. And I was like, that's that's impossible, but that's nice. Um, but he would always tell me, you know, we need to go back to the Philippines, and we need to we could go back and we could sing, you know, in church together. And I remember a lot of people think that all Filipinos speak Tagalog. I don't speak Tagalog. Um, and so I told him, I said, that would be really beautiful. That even the, if I couldn't speak the language, you just lost you know, a lot could, of viewers. By we way. could, <laughs> well, what's weird is that you can't view this. Oh, so. dang it. Wow. Nice try. Um, oh you know, I love this. Sorry. Is this how it is every day? Yep. Pretty much. Cause I think you have, you should have your own reality TV show. <laughs> The Bullman Six. Um, I'm sorry for interrupting you. I had to do it, though. Seriously. Anyway, finish your point. Story of my life. Um, I don't even know. Did I have a point? What just happened? Because if you um, could speak the la- if you could speak the language, if you could speak the language, right? I would probably not be able to find words to express what could be just expressed in melody. Mm-hmm. Um, and right. and music is just so. I mean, there are times, especially like after losing my mom in July. Um, I remember just being so beside myself all the time, you know? And so towards the end of the day, I would always go and I would play on the piano, but there was a long time that I could not sing. I would go to try to sing and I just couldn't do it. I'd get like out one note and just immediately just start crying. Yeah. yeah. And, um, and I think it's because it touches into such a vulnerable place in your soul when it is something that is such a part of you, like as music had become to me, right, right. that I couldn't even tap it because as soon as I, you know, it's like on thin ice, like you start to tap it and it just breaks open and I just wasn't ready yet, you know? Mm-hmm. So, and the more and more that I would start to sing, the more and more that it could crack open and I could, I could be comfortable with this new reality, this new reality of vulnerability that I had after losing right. my mom. Right. Um, and... That's just, that was pretty good. Write that down. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you had a moment. Okay. Hey, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> he hates that. It happens all the time. Yeah. Anyway. No, but I think it's good about expression because I feel as though I get more out of mass when it's in English, even though, oh, and people might okay. think that's very odd or, or not, they might not expect that. Right. Um, and even to express my faith in English is a lot easier than it is in Spanish. Mm. And I think for people, maybe expressing the way that they feel towards someone is a lot easier through music. And maybe they pick certain songs and they right. burn a CD. Well, we used to burn CDs, but right. I don't know. Oh, we yeah. still do maybe that. Maybe mixtape. Yes. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> we burned cassettes. Right. Yes. <laughs> hey, I still have a lot Stop of cassettes. <laughs> people are going, what are cassettes? Oh, my goodness. What's a boombox? Right. <laughs> <laughs> and so they burn CDs and they give it to their friends and say, hey, this is mix one because this is what I was feeling when my boyfriend broke up with me. Or, right. or when I got married, like, what was your uh, wedding song? Oh, gosh. What was our wedding song? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I meant to say, like, that should have been, like, dun, 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 you know? Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because everybody makes it so, um, it's, like, so important to them to pick that song, Right. You know? mm-hmm. Yeah. We are weird. What, do you remember what our song I is? I don't. <laughs> and, you know, it's, uh, yeah, it's shameful. What can I say? <laughs> Uh, give it me re- a song. It, re- you know, it reminds me in that that scene in the wedding singer. Was it, no wedding oh, planner, not wedding Wow. Wait, is that those a bad are vastly movie? different plot to wedding singer with Adam Sandler and wedding planner Wait, with Jennifer yeah. Lopez. <laughs> totally different plots. 
<laughs> so sorry to confuse you. Um, but the wedding planner, remember when she would, she could tell how long the couple would be married based on what song they chose. Right. Yes. Remember mm-hmm. that? Mm-hmm. So I wonder what she would have said if she was like, well, they can't even remember what song they chose. Yeah, we're doomed. <laughs> we're doomed. You heard it here, folks. <laughs> But we did choose, like, our entrance song was almost more important than, and it was an Incubus song. Like, when we were coming into the reception. the reception, yeah. Yeah, the reception. Um, That was, um... Dig by Incubus. Pick Me Up from Under What's Been Covering the Better Part of Me. so good. That's that's also very School of Humanity, you know? (laughs) know. We didn't even know. We didn't even know what was going on. We knew, but we didn't. (laughs) We're so deep. I don't think it applies when you say that you're deep, right? Does it not? Yeah, your humility just falls. (laughs) Um, But, you know, music is just so, it's always so life-changing. Even for our children, um, they adore music. Like Jeremiah, who is five now, he can always pick out the rhythm of a song. Like you'll see him in the back like a composer, you know, trying to direct where the music is. And they just love it. Right. And actually most of our, our car rides, I give them turns and I'm the DJ. So I'll be like, Gabriel, it's your turn. And he chooses a song and um, they all get to choose a song. But it's there's something else about music, too. I know that we're like running really far down the road of time right now. But there is this is important to say that when you when you go to a concert and this is actually what should have happened at mass. So when you go to a concert and you leave a concert, what is the thing that you remember is usually that that one time in the concert when everyone knew the song and everyone was singing. You can't you might not even remember what the song was. Mm -hmm. But you're you remember, gosh, man, there's this one time at the at the show when everyone was singing the same song and the whole crowd was moving to the same rhythm and we were all just singing at the top of our lungs. And that was the best part of the concert. And there that's really what mass is. Mass offers the opportunity for us as a community and to act in communion with one another. Right. That all of everything should lead you to that place where you're like, gosh, mass was so great because. And even from the standpoint of me being behind the piano sometimes at mass, there are times when I can hear the congregation singing. And I, I almost just want to stop singing and just play because it is so beautiful to hear everyone's voice Mm -hmm. together. Yeah. Um, and literally as one voice. And so music, it definitely draws you in not only to uh, a meditative state and in your singularity and your relationship with Christ, but it also draws you into communion with other people. Um, and it's beautiful. So final points, thoughts, considerations. I oh, wanted no. to give a little tease. Yes, yeah, do yes, it. please right. do, because I was about to do yes. that. So yes, you do it, Catherine. <laughs> so then my tease, if you guys want to continue talking about or listening about music on my podcast on St. Sulitas, I want to tease St. Cecilia. She's a patron saint of music. Yes. Lincoln Park. And earlier when I said Lincoln Park, his eyes just got huge. <laughs> nice. And uh, and Taylor Swift. So you kind of stole my thunder on that one. Oh, sorry. I was oh, fil- wow. I was feeling 22. <laughs> That's, you know, that's really what it comes down to. <laughs> Wait, you're older than 22? I'm not older than 22. I've always been 22. Oh. <laughs> I'll be 22 forever, I think. Um, but Jason just walked away from the mic. He just he just abandoned us. We're out here just flailing around. Um, but if you, wow, sorry. If you get the chance to pick up this book from Joseph Pieper, you should. Um, Only the Lover Sings. 
and it is fantastic and just talks about it. There's various parts of it, and one of them is music and silence. So while Jason abandons us, I will read that quote that he wanted to read from this Peeper book. Um, and it says, what is stated here in so many words simply amounts to this. Music articulates the inner dynamism of man's existential self, which is music's prime matter, so to speak. And both share a particular characteristic. Both move in time. And so next week you can join us because we will definitely go a little bit deeper into the elements of our world. And that includes music that, that draw us into uh, the dynamism and the man's existential self. So thank you so much for listening and laughing with us, hopefully, or <laughs> sitting in awkward silence as we laugh together. We appreciate you. God bless. God bless. Bye.